Welcome, my name is Roger Garbs, uh, the senior pastor here, and I understand we have lots of uh, little folks here, and uh, we are so glad to have you, the little ones, and the mom and daddies here as well. Uh, and I understand little ones kind of, they speak and they coo and they talk sometimes. Let me just say that's fine with me. I don't think nobody's going to have any sort of issue with any little ones coo and caw and, and speaking during the service. Uh, if you have a problem with that, come and talk to me afterwards. I want to pray with you uh, because I'm so glad to have you, the parents. Uh, I'm so glad to have you, the grandparents, and I'm so glad to have the little ones in church this morning on this Easter Sunday. So welcome. So glad to have all of you here. Um, let's begin with a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, I thank you so much for this day and this time, this opportunity we have to worship you, Lord God, for this beautiful, beautiful Easter morning. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts and our minds and our souls that we may hear from you this day as we celebrate the beautiful, beautiful Easter. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Let the children of God say amen. All right, I'm going to give you a little exercise. If you would, let us all stand. And so I'm going to read the Gospel of John this morning, the, the historical event of the Easter morning according to the Gospel of John. It's John chapter 20, uh, beginning with the first verse. Uh, let us prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls for the reading of God's holy word. Here's the events according to John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in and Strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He, he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside, and he, and he saw and believed. Now they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw the two angels in white seated there where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him, and, and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Arabic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended into the Father. Go and say to my brothers and, and tell them, I am ascending into my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene 
went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had, what he had said, these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You may be seated. Here it is, Easter morning. Uh, God is not dead. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And what a great, it is great to see you all here this morning. Uh, I, I, have you ever heard the term Easter surprise? Easter surprise. Um, I have to tell you, uh, the, uh, our Easter, the Garb's Easter surprise of 2013 was one uh, that I will remember the rest of my life. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if you realize, but the Holy Week for church pastors and for church staff is just crazy. It's chaotic. It's busy. It's, it's constant. Uh, we have all, we pack within usually typically seven days. Uh, we, we, we plan a, a, a wonderful Palm Sunday. We, we have a Easter cantata. We have an Easter extravaganza, Easter egg hunt at the church. We have a Maundy Thursday that I, I love and I pour my heart into. We pour our hearts into. Uh, we have a wonderful Good Friday service that we, we pour our hearts into. Uh, we have uh, we have Easter as well. So there's usually about six events we pack into seven days, uh, and it's 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 just a busy, busy, busy time for pastors and for the church staff. Well, the Easter of 2013 was was really crazy because my wife Charlie was pregnant, and and uh, uh, the due date was two weeks from Easter. So what we had done preparing for Easter, that Holy Week, and the crazy time, we had option A, planning that everything was great and I will participate and, and be at every service. Option B was that, that, you know, they get a call, they get a text, Charlie's going into labor, I can't be there, y'all handle it. And, and, they, and the church staff was wonderful. They were prepared for any and all for that week, for if I was there, if I was not. Services were going to go on, no stumble, no hiccup, hiccup no nothing. Well, it just so happens that, that that it was Monday or Tuesday, and I've intentionally not asked Charlie to, 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 or, or the family what day of the week, but Monday or Tuesday, she had a, she had a regular doctor's visit, just a checkup, normal checkup. And the doctors, there were some complications in, in uh, uh, w- what was going on. So they decided to keep her and to go ahead and induce labor and that, to try to bring Ross along uh, uh, quickly. So, uh, so that night, uh, the, the kids, our older kids, we have four, the older three were 15, 13, and age 11, 15, 13, 11. They stayed in the waiting room, slept in the waiting room while mom and, mom and dad slept in, uh, in the, the nicer room uh, waiting to see what happened. And sometime around midnight, now understand, this is, you know, back in Marshall, small town, everybody knows everybody. I knew the nurses, I knew the doctors, knew everybody. We were all friends. So somewhere around midnight, the nurse came in and just sat down by Charlie and, and just kind of visited and stayed in there for a while. But she stayed in there a long time uh, and then uh, watching things and then visiting. We were talking. Then she left and then she came back. And I don't know, 20, 30 minutes went by and she left again and then she came back. And I could tell something wasn't right, that something was not right. Charlie was resting peacefully, but she was still awake. But so I asked the nurse, so what's going on? And she said, it's been quite a while and we haven't heard, seen a heartbeat. 
There's no heartbeat. It's been a long time. I said, so what's going on? They said, well, the first time I went out to, to call the doctors and, and, uh, they're, and now they're scrubbing and going to rush her into emergency C-section, but we can't make any promises right now. But I haven't heard a heartbeat in a long time. And she was trying to prepare us. So um, I said, do I have time to go tell my kids to come in that there are going to be an emergency C-section and something may not be right, but just kind of prepare them the best I can. And she said, make it quick. So I quickly go out to the emergency room and tell the kids, hey, come on, we're going to go have an emergency C-section and uh, just wanted you to say hi to Ross one last time and, uh, and uh, while he's in Mama's tummy and, and uh, let's have a quick prayer because they're going to rush her back there. So when that got the kids, they came in, they talked to Ross for a minute in Mama's belly and uh, we said a prayer and, and they left to go back into the uh, waiting room. And, uh, and I then started the waiting game. Um, I don't know, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes went by, and then the nurse left, and then she came back. And I was watching the clock because I, was, I knew it, minutes meant a life. And another 20, 30 minutes went by, and she left again, and she came back. And I said, all right, what's going on? It's been close to an hour, and they haven't rushed her back yet. Uh, what's going on? And she said, well, um, I've been doing this many, many years. And I can truly say what we just witnessed is a miracle. I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, um, as soon as your kids started talking to Ross, there was a heartbeat. And it was normal, perfect heartbeat. And she said, then the kids left and I stayed and I kept watching the heartbeats well the first time I left I told the doctors uh, there's a heartbeat and it's been normal for 20-30 minutes now and they said we're going to hold the room we're going to stay clean waiting for any change so she said the second time I went out I told them heartbeat's beautiful so they're actually getting changed to come and talk to you guys and visit with you Long story short, that next morning, uh, Ross was, uh, was born. Uh, the cord was wrapped around his neck three times, and the doctor himself said uh, he'd never seen anything like it. It was a true miracle and a true uh, wonderful surprise of Easter of 2013. Uh, I, I'd say surprise because that's the best way I can explain it. It was, it was an incredible surprise. We weren't, he was two weeks early. Uh, the other three were all planned. Everything was, and, and everything was just as expected. But Ross was a wonderful surprise during Holy Week, during the craziest time of our lives, uh, Ross was born. And it was a beautiful experience. But I say surprise, and I, I share that story because I, I want you to know that, 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 that Easter, the best way I can explain Easter for the disciples, those that were there, uh, that experienced the resurrection of the Lord, they were, they were surprised. They were bewildered. They were amazed. They didn't quite understand what was going on. I read earlier uh, the Gospel of John about Mary Magdalene's event. Now, I also want to tell you the Gospel of Luke's version. I'm, I'm not going to read it to you. I encourage you and invite you to go and read and, and see the differences. It's a little different than in John. Luke's version is different. Here's, here's the way Luke, the Gospel of Luke tells it. 
Luke said that the disciples uh, were, were distraught after, I'm not going to read it, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you, if you're curious, I encourage you to go read it. Please, I challenge you to go read it. All right. When they, 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 were, they were confused, they were distraught after the crucifixion. And early on the Sunday morning, it says women, didn't identify just Mary Magdalene, they said the women went to go with spices to prepare the body. Now remember, when the crucifixion took place, uh, it was at the end of the day, they had to rush to take Jesus' body down off the cross. And they had to rush his body into the tomb, and they just quickly wrapped him up. They didn't get to prepare the body as you normally would for, for a loved one. They just, I don't want to say threw his body in, but they rushed hurriedly, just put the body, as, did the bare minimum. And then, first thing on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, as soon as they possibly can, some women went with some spices to prepare the body to, to, to do what was right for the loved one. And when they get there, they, they, the women realize that the, they see the stone had been moved away. So they look in and, and the body's missing. But then there's, all of a sudden there's two men, poof, two men in white, sparkling, gleaming white robes standing by him. Now I it scared me. It scared the women. It scared them. They, they were frightened. And the two, two men in white said, don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, the one you're looking for is no longer here. Why are you looking for the uh, living among the dead? And, and, and the two said, don't you remember what Jesus has taught you? That he would die and, and be beaten and, and die and be dead for three days and then come back to life? Don't you remember Jesus teaching you this? So, so, so the women remembered, and the women were so excited, so the women went back and, and went to where the disciples were, were hiding and huddled and, and fearing for their lives. And, and the women told the disciples what were going on, and the disciples didn't believe the women. The, 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 the women's words didn't make sense. The, their, their mind couldn't comprehend we, we saw the lifeless, we saw him die, and now you're saying he's alive. Oh. They were surprised, they were bewildered, they were complex, because their rational mind could not, could not accept it. They were surprised. See, see, the resurrection event of the Gospel of Luke is a little different than the Gospel of John. John's telling of the story focuses on, again, on Mary Magdalene, Mary comes to the tomb. She, she sees that the stone has been rolled away. So she runs back. And, and, well, she doesn't see the body. So she runs back and she tells the two disciples. They come running in. And, and, and you know, Peter, uh, uh, Peter and John, you know, the, all that happens inside. And they leave bewildered. And then Mary is, meets the two angels. Then Mary meets uh, the... It, it's, it's amazing. Mary, Mary stays there and she's crying. She's weeping. She's, she's distraught, overcome with grief. None of this is making sense. Where have they taken? The two, two people show up and she says, please tell me where you've taken him. Tell me where you've taken him. Then all of a sudden, Jesus, but she thinks he's, he's the, uh, the gardener. Doesn't recognize him. She, she's bewildered. She's surprised. She doesn't make sense. And, 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 and I love it. Jesus says, Jesus says, uh, uh, who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? But my, I get, I get when Jesus saying this. I get, I get the image of Jesus saying, "Mary, who are you looking for? Mary, look right in front of you. Mary, 
are you searching for anybody in particular you know kind of kind of doing this and, and 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 she doesn't recognize him then he says mary calls her by name she looks up and she sees him she recognizes him and, and it transforms her something changes within her her heart and her mind just collide and she says teacher she's so excited and she runs and she tells the disciples but they struggle with it surprise mary i'm alive surprise peter surprise john surprise disciples surprise world jesus is alive you see, the story of Easter, I, I share these, these two stories. Did you, did you hear the differences? I mean, there, there's nuances of, of the, the differences between the stories. See, the story of Easter is no carefully crafted story designed by Jesus or his followers to convince us of Jesus' resurrection. I mean, it's not a well-designed story. There, there's, there's obviously differences in the accounts of, of, of the telling of, of the first resurrection morning. See, the story of Easter is, 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 is what it is. It's, it's an honest retelling from baffled believers that just are in shock and awe and surprise by what was happening. Just like, I don't remember if it was Monday or a Tuesday when, when all this began. I remember it was the first part of the week. And I know that if you, my telling a story, and if you ask Charlie or any of the kids, uh, their story is going to be a little bit different than what I remember. But it doesn't make anything wrong with the way we remember it. It's just we remember it differently. Because we were all in awe. It was so traumatic, the event of, of what took place. It was so traumatic, and we were so surprised. And, and, and ah. So we were going to retell the story differently. And, and so, so no wonder people grasp with, 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 with such events of the resurrection because these, these stories don't always add up. But the essence is there. Easter is an extraordinary day. But no wonder people gather in such numbers all around the world to, to celebrate Easter. You, many of you come home to celebrate Easter and, and, and celebrate as a family and to, to come to church and, and first time you see your parents, your grandparents for a long time and, and, and you want to come to church and you desire to come to church with your children and, you're, and, and, and it's a great place. I love seeing you all here. We're here because in your heart, your spirit is churning more than just out of respect for your parents or your children. You're here because you know there's more to life than what you're experiencing. You know that being raised in church and going to church, there was something that spoke to you, that meant something to you, that brought your spirit alive. So you come to church looking for that. Christ is alive. He's not dead. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I do want to read this. Uh, Apostle Paul continued, uh, 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 and he said this, he said, I passed on to you, uh, I think we have it, do you have 1 Corinthians 15? He said, I passed on to you uh, as, as most important, as most important what I also received. Christ died for our sins in line with the scriptures. He was buried and he rose on the third day in line with the scriptures. He appeared to Caiaphas and then to the twelve. And then he appeared to 
more than 500 brothers and sisters at once. Most of them are still alive this day, though some have died. Then he appeared to James and, and then to all the apostles. I want you to catch something about what, what uh, Paul was saying here. Paul was speaking about this, this shared Christian experience. The risen Christ appeared to more than 500 people. All right, and most of those people were still alive when, when Paul was writing these letters, when Paul was out preaching, okay? Most of these people were alive. Now, to discredit Paul, it would have been so simple to discredit anything that Paul was writing about, anything that Paul was saying. One of those 500 listed could have come forward and said, you know, my name's on that 500 list and I don't know anything. That man's a loon. I, I, I don't know what he's talking about. But you know what happened instead? Every one of those 500, every one of those 500, their, their lives were transformed and they began to share their testimony. See, their minds, there was no doubt that Christ was alive. See, nothing in the ancient world refutes that testimony. The tomb was empty. The body was missing. Jesus, who was dead, is now alive. Even more importantly, there's hundreds of people now that were, their lives were changed. But not only their lives were changed, they were willing to die for the message. The 12 disciples, 12 disciples, after Jesus had, if, it was, if Jesus had died and, and they were scared for their life, they could have gone back to fishing. They could have gone back to being a tax collector. They could have gone back to farming or whatever they were doing. They could have gone back to their mom and daddy, their, their family, and just, well, all right, let's wait for the next Messiah. That one was a loon, I guess. Let's, but no. You know what they did? They left their family and friends. They started going to all the ends of the world and died for what they experienced. Not only were they willing to, but the testimonies of others. You can't make that up. Nothing in the ancient world refutes their testimony. Nothing in the modern world refutes their testimony. But I want to be real with you. We live in the 21st century. We live in the great United States of America. We live in the greatest state of Texas. We have it good, folks. Life is good. So, you know, I understand. I hear a lot of people saying, I don't know why we need a God. I mean, life is so good. I don't know why. I don't know why you talk about sin and there's so much judgment in the church. I don't know why that's needed because uh, life life is good. I want to be real with you, Roger. I, I don't understand why. Is there really a God? I have those questions raised to me because it's fashionable because because they can't rationalize in their mind. Jesus raised from the dead. That doesn't make sense. See, that's because the critical mind, for, for many, overrules their experiences. You know, but that's only for some things. Because those same individuals that come to me and the challenge whether or not Jesus was really resurrected, when I ask them about the Big Bang Theory, I, you know, sounds reasonable to me. Sounds, looks like there's evidence of that. That's cool. So God did it that way. I'm cool with that. I don't understand it. I don't understand a lot of how that happened, but, you know, yeah, okay, it makes sense. How about the DNA? You know, the, uh, how many of you know everything about DNA? We, we know enough about it. There's, 
there's, there's it's a genetic tool blocks of who we are and find out where our relatives, where we come from and what we're genetically liking to have. I mean, we know so much we can learn from DNA, but I don't really understand how they get that information from DNA. But, you know, I understand they're actually trying to recreate or reproduce or even resurrect the woolly mammoth and some other dinosaurs or something. They're, they're trying to take the DNA of, of a woolly mammoth and try to resurrect the woolly mammoth. I bet if, if, if on the news tomorrow, uh, news reports, they've resurrected a woolly mammoth. And I bet all of you, or most of us, would be really excited about seeing what it looks like. I mean, we, but yet we don't understand it. We can't grasp our mind about how they did that. But we're willing to jump to that conclusion and say, yeah, we'll believe that. But, but we won't believe in the God who created the science to cre- recreate a, a woolly mammoth we can't believe that the god who created science to resurrect his son uh, we pick and choose what we want to believe see I mean, the extraordinary question is how can we possibly believe that science is capable of such miracles while our rational critical mind supposedly tells us that god is incapable of resurrecting his son i mean there's something wrong with that I, I, I just can't, I can't go there. Christ is alive. Nothing in, in modern science refutes that testimony. We see evidence of it. 2,000 years later, we, we, we feel it. You're here this morning. Not just because tradition. Not just because you love your parents, your grandparents, your children. You're here because, again, your spirit is calling you, wanting to believe. Your spirit urges you toward, toward the truth of who God is. And you long for more to life than what you're making money for and living for. You desire more than what you... And so you're here this morning. Call it what it is because something has touched you and your spirit is calling out for who God is and more of God. Exactly. Like a baby, our spirit is calling out for God. You know, folks, that um, Easter of surprise of 2013, I had accepted uh, that my son had died. And I was quickly trying to come to grips and how I was going to take care of my family and what all this meant. And then I received a blessing beyond measure that I can't explain. The doctors couldn't explain. And my spirit, although I had preached the Easter message for many years, I've experienced the Easter message. I was 42 years old. Something came alive in me in a new way. Something was reborn within me. The beauty of the Easter surprise. And I, I believe that it can be born within you this morning. That, that if you just allow that spirit that is crying out to take that leap of faith, to trust and believe in God, to know that regardless of what you've done, regardless of your life, that, that, that God is willing to welcome you in and encourages you 
you open up your heart and let your spirit fly and receive the peace that God is offering you this day. May the Easter surprise of 2020 surprise you, surprise your family, and surprise your friends. And may the Spirit of Christ be born anew within you. And let us pray. Good and gracious God, we love you and we thank you so much for this day. This is this opportunity we have to worship you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. As you speak to us this day, may we be refreshed and renewed and may we see, Lord God, a transformation take place. Holy Spirit, come. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Let the children of God say amen.